Okay, welcome back to another episode of Meredith with a Y. Allison and I are here to talk about the collective and change and getting people out of your lives and adding people in and work and careers and all the good stuff. So stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willett. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. Allison, I think this is a great topic today because me being a life coach, I get to talk to a lot of people going through a lot of things And you are 100% right with the topic you brought in today, which is that you are probably also seeing just as much as I am, a lot of people making what you might want to say is a 180 in their life. And I think this is just a great topic. What are you seeing out there on the planet? Well, I feel like I feel like I both like I'm experiencing it personally. And then I'm also feel like I'm seeing a lot of people change, make like big life changes, moving away from jobs, dropping things, personal habits changing. Like I know last week we were talking a lot about alcohol um, and addictive behaviors and things that kind of like numb us, right? So like people addressing those types of things. I feel like I'm seeing a lot of people decide that these sort of like habits or things that they've had in their lives that have sort of, I almost feel like it's like that have attached the, that to themselves are, they're becoming conscious of it mm-hmm. and they're doing something about it. And I feel like this is just something that's, I feel like it's more internal though. You know, like I, I think when you think about these things, it's like, oh, you know, somebody has this like big grandiose, like change in their lives. Right. I see this and I don't know if you see this as well, but I see it as being a very internal process, but that is also then obviously anything internal shows up externally. So I'm curious to see like when you tap into that, when you think about it, like why now, like, why are we seeing this? What's happening? I feel like the energetics are so strong. And, you know, I think one thing that's super important is that this is going so like, you know, I'm 50, right? And so I might think, oh, well, I've got to be 50 years old. And because I'm 50 years old, I'm making these changes. Or maybe a 24 year old's like, oh, I've just, I'm finally escaping like the college brain lifestyle. So I'm making these changes right now based on the fact that I've moved away from being a college student. But the fact of the matter is, this is going on in the collective. So the collective is the whole energy, right? The entire planet, the populace, if you will. And of course, there's going to be people that aren't tapped into this shift. But I feel that no matter where you sit on the kind of continuum of energy and awakening and humanity, this is affecting everyone, no matter your age. So you might believe, oh, I just got a new job. So of course, X, Y, Z, but I'm seeing this in lots of people that are letting go of things that no longer serve them. And, you know, as I said that, what I'm seeing is, is that there's also been a lot of talk around things that no longer serve us. Think 10 years ago, that sentence didn't really exist in our language patterns, right? We didn't say things like, 
I'm releasing things that no longer serve me. And when we don't have a language to wrap around a concept, we don't really pay attention to it. Whereas now there's been light shown on this concept of things that no longer serve us. And then we can focus on them. And when we focus on them, we are then able to make changes accordingly. And I've talked about here the fact that when we add language into society, like narcissist or gaslighting or any of these things, right? Any of these new lang- love bombing. What's another good one that I love is, um, I can't think of it. It's like where weaponized incompetence is one of my favorites. And so as we add language and identify behavior characteristics and behavior traits into the English language or, you know, any language, right, we start to recognize and shine light on behavior patterns that are toxic or that are not healthy or that do not serve or do so on and so forth. So looking at this idea of shedding things that no longer serve me is a way to point our brain in a direction to then pay attention to those things so that we can then, as you know, when you know better, you do better type thing. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of seeing it as we're shifting towards that. Now, then we have to go back and say, okay, so where did that concept start? Well, of course, like I've always said, no one's ever had an original idea, right? Everything is basically channeled from the higher self, which is the, you know, higher intelligence of the planet. So just so you know, I'm just basically rambling. I don't know if you can hear me or not. So it was channeled, this concept, and then it's shared on social media. It's shared maybe in in therapist's office or coaches' offices of releasing things that no longer serve us. And so I think that that spreads like wildfire, like, you know, just like the word narcissist spreads like wildfire. And then we go, wait a minute, this son of a bitch is gaslighting me. <laughs> like I am losing my mind because of it. And so when we shine light on bad behavior or these different things, then we can become awakened to these three-dimensional habits or toxic traits that we've become accustomed to and thought were normal. It's funny because... I'm watching this show Suits on Netflix, which by the way, I I probably binge like three a day. I mean, it's literally, it's the new drug in my life. I'm watching Mike talk to Rachel, his now fiance, spoiler alert. And I'm watching how often in the show he will yell at her. And I like, this is supposed to be like a heavy romance and, you know, of course, tumultuous, whatever. But I'm looking at it now that I have language to surround a toxic trait that if I don't get what I want, if you are, I don't feel like you're getting it or listening to me or, or, or then raising my voice is the logical next step so that I either shut you down or you understand exactly how angry I am, et cetera. And it's weird that when we shine a light that yelling in a relationship is not actually normal. Like I grew up with yelling in my parents' relationships. It was very, very normal to yell. So when I got married the first time around, I thought that yelling in a relationship was very normal. In my current relationship, we would never even consider yelling at each other. 
you know, like it doesn't make sense to me. So now when I see it on television and I see someone yelling at their partner or whatever it is, it's super bizarre. So I believe that what we're talking about here with this shift is it used to be very normal to see sexism and racism and ageism on television throughout the decades, right? And so when we are doing these shifts, right, where it's like, no, because of like, say, videos on TikTok, where it's like, no, I'm not going to work 80 hours a week and skip my lunch. We're we're really starting to shed light. And so as we shed light, we then turn that light around into our own lives and go, wait a minute, what's my part in this? Or how, what am I doing that's, that's what they're talking about? You know, because we just live our life as we live our life. And we think that it's normal until someone tells us it's not. I find the information sharing that's going on today as just monumental quantum leaps of uh, awareness. And it's it's just mind blowing to me. When you look at it, do you feel like it's happening more with certain people, certain types of things? Like, is there like a patterning that you feel like you're seeing around it? Because I don't know, I guess just like, that's how I usually pick up on things, right? Like I look at something and I'm like, oh, it seems like this, this thing is happening specifically with this type of stuff. And I know you said before, like things that no longer serve people, but like, I guess I'm just curious if it gets a little bit more dynamic than that. So as you just asked the question, so I did a series on attachment theories, attachment disorders. And as you started to say that, like, what is the difference between these groups of people that are leaning into making the adjustments and are not leaning into that, who are just have zero awareness of making these changes in their life? And the thing that came up to me, which I know, as I have done all the different work in my life, and I'm sure you can probably attest to this, the more I learn the more I get clients that are going to need that help and the more awareness comes into my experience. So as I learned about attachment disorders, I also learned about internalizers and externalizers. That's on in that podcast series. And so an internalizer, basically short version, is a person that believes that the world around them is a direct relationship and changes because of them. And it can be a negative, right? So everything in my family's problems is my fault. It is my responsibility to fix everything because I am the catalyst to problems. I am the catalyst to change. I am responsible for everything, including myself. Then there's the externalizers, which you would see that they blame the world around them. It's the world's fault that they don't have money. It's the world's fault that, you know, their parents' fault that they have crooked teeth. It's their husband's fault that they don't have money in their household, right? So an externalizer has no, like, not not much. I mean, everything's on a continuum, right? They do not have that inner blame responsibility, if you will, um, where an, um, an internalizer has takes all of the weight, right? And so the healthy version would be, to be able to see the difference, understand the difference and use it accordingly so that you're not constantly blaming yourself for the world around you, but you're also not blaming the world around you for everything that's wrong in your life. So that's the very short version of that. So back to your question, I believe 
that the majority of internalizers at this moment are the ones that are able to hear that they are the ones that are capable of making a change. Because the change that an internalizer makes, right, a change that a person, any person makes, will have a direct relationship to the change in the world, no matter who they are. So an internalizer not only believes that as they change, their world will change, but as their world change, the world actually changes. They might not know that. They might not get that. But that is the result. Okay? That is the result. Whereas an externalizer, so let's say there's something that no longer serves that maybe they hear that the way that they're going to make changes, which is very hard for me to get my brain over to that because I'm not an externalizer. An externalizer, it's interesting as I try to tap into that energy, it's almost like they can't even hear that so much. An externalizer would look at it and say, um, we need to change laws. An externalizer would say, we need to build a wall at the border. So they would be looking at things in the world that need to be changed to make them more comfortable. Whereas internalizers are constantly making edits and changes so that the world around them changes, even if they don't realize they're doing that. So like, for example, I know someone that's like 24, who is like releasing shit that no longer serves them in their life. And they don't even realize how much in in the world and the planet and the energy sphere that they're changing by making that shift because everything about them and the circle around them will then change for the better. Does that make sense? So is what you're saying, it's basically happening to everybody. It's happening to everybody, whether you're an internalizer or externalizer. It's just that the internalizers are aware of it. Is that what you're saying? They're aware of it. An externalizer might be aware of it. So let's let's say the same sentence for both. An internalizer, so this is per- a person that puts the weight on them to change their world. An internalizer will say, I really want to release things that no longer serve me. And so they'll look at it and they'll say, I'm going to stop eating so much sugar. I'm going to stop sitting on TikTok for six hours. And I'm going to stop smoking. Okay. These are all things that I can do to make me better. An externalizer will say, I want to release the things that no longer serve me. And they will say stuff like, I'm going to stop talking to my mother. I'm going to sign a petition to get rid of illegal aliens. And I'm going to protest down at Planned Parenthood. Because they see the world as more like attacking them. So although they are doing things to change the world, it's from an external place. It's things around them, not in them. So they're trying to change the world outside of them to change their world, whereas internalizers change themselves to change the world around them. So the energy is affecting both of those types of people it's just the way that it's happening is how they're yeah and when you and when you just said that what they showed me was and that's why we're seeing so much turmoil right now because the externalizers as a whole are allowed 
they are loud. They're the ones on television. They're the ones that are protesting, you know, all the things. They're the ones that make all of the, you know, banging pots and pans, if you will. So what we're seeing right now in the collective, which is kind of fascinating that you just asked the right questions, of course, is the externalizers are like making all of this noise to try to go back to their comfort zone you know, the make America great again, like, right, they're, they're the loudest ones at this point, not to be political, but they are causing the most change, let's say, in the United States, they're trying to roll back policies, whereas internalizers, for the most part, and and you can have very woke externalizers. So just as loud as the externalizers that are trying to, like, let's say, ban abortion or ban books on LGBTQ plus in, you know, some states, there are very woke externalizers who are counteracting those situations who will speak to those things, right? But what they just showed is that is why we're having so much turmoil on our planet right now between like, let's say the type A people and the type B people, the people that want on the right and the people that want on the left. It's because they're getting so loud because they are trying to make all of these adjustments in their world. And as we know on this podcast, you can't really change anything outside of yourself. The only thing you have power to change is yourself, right? But they are trying their best to change the world around them to make themselves feel better, to make themselves more comfortable living on this planet. And that's why everything's so loud because the gong is is banging for them too. And they're just like, I don't know what to do to feel better. Whereas you and I will be just like, we'll go for a walk. And they're like, how's that going to help? And it's like, we'll go like meditate. And that's why when you have a conversation with someone who's an externalizer and they're like, I'm just so mad. I just hate, I hate this world. It's a horrible world that we're living in. And we're like, well, you know, maybe eat more fruit. And they're like, what kind of a freaking snowflake are you? That's such bullshit. Like we need to protest. We need to, we need to get to the streets and make changes. And, and, and we're like, no, bro, it's, you know, just drink more water. And they're like, you're such an idiot. (laughs) That's basically how it, it works down to, but but if you think about it, where does peace come from? Peace comes from peace. So yeah. if you're if you're looking to change and create peace in your life, it's not going to be by creating noise. I think it's so interesting because I'm thinking about it as you're talking and imagining kind of the dichotomy between those two personalities. And I would say from my perspective, we really need both, right? Like we mm-hmm. need people out there banging pots and pans and we need people to do the inside work too. Like- like you said, there's that sort of middle ground of like, how do you balance both of those things? Because you can't, I don't think you can make change without having both of those pieces in place on a collective level, which is what we're talking about. You know, we need the people out there banging the pots and pans and we need the people deciding that they're going to make internal change so that that change can ripple out from inside of them. You know, like not one is better than the other because I think it's, I think maybe when when you're on one side or the other, you tend to think, well, this is better or that's better. And there is no better, right? Yeah. I mean, like when I sat there and watched all those women march for the women's march, like in DC with the pink pussy hats on and all that stuff, you know, like hats off, hats off to them. 
you know, for taking that schlep down to D.C. or all the other places that they did, having the courage to march in the streets, um, not really knowing if it was going to be safe or whatever. You know, these people that do that work, that is amazing because there's, like I said, there are both sides to externalizers. There are both sides to internalizers, meaning it's not like all internalizers are good. I mean, I'm sure most serial killers, you know, like could be an internalizer that's bad and just goes over and over and over and over inside of themselves and, you know, and like trying to soothe themselves and can't like, trust me, it's, it's not like one's better than the other. I would say I would probably have a much easier relationship with an internalizer than an externalizer, just because it would make me mentally crazy to hang out with someone that was constantly blaming the world around them for their problems like that. That's just for me. But as a collective on this planet, they're, they're the ones that are like fixing so much. They're the ones that are going and, and donating their time and joining the Peace Corps and, you know, all of the things. If you think about if the whole world was an internalizer, it would be a commune. Like we, it'd be like everyone would be like, oh my God, I have honey. What do you have? You have leather shoes. Okay, let's trade. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not where we're supposed to be at on this planet. We're supposed to be ebbing and flowing and moving and shaking. And we're not supposed to all be the same. And the goal is not to make everyone the same around you because there's no way you're ever going to grow inside of a commune. You're just not. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting too how like these big waves of energy come through, right? And regardless of what type of person you are, you can be so different, but it still affects you. And you, and then you have this different reaction to deal with it a different way. The energy Why I'm seeing right think- now is, is like, just so you know, it's like a pink energy, which mm-hmm. I don't follow astrology at all. I don't follow any of these things. Not that I'm against it. I'm just lazy. I know you are in it, which I so appreciate. But what I'm seeing right now is this huge self-love, right? And so self-love comes in this at this energy of self-love. I just saw the like a Capricorn. I don't know if that's a real thing or not with regard to what's going on right now. So look it up. We're recording this on June 24th if you want to, you know, co- go back to it. But the thing of it is, is when you talk about self-love, what does that mean? So for me, as I discussed last week, self-love means really reflecting on what no longer serves me, right? Relationships, conversations, spending money on things, um, abusing my body, eating correctly, drinking more water, going for more walks, right? It could be like last night I asked my family, which I usually would have waited till today and done it by myself. But last night we were at dinner and I said to my husband, can you help me clean the basement? Because it, it tends to be a taxing situation. You know, there was there was winter, there was winter pants and stuff still on the floor in bags, like, like enough. But I asked for help instead of just begrudgingly doing it myself or putting it off for yet another week. And so self-care and self-love and love, right, show up in many different ways. Maybe it means you're gonna go out and plant flowers today or send a text to your parents or visit, you know, your kids or whatever, or be kind to a stranger at Starbucks. Or maybe it means protesting, you know, protesting for something that you believe in. And so that's the thing I love that you said is there's no really right or wrong. It's just an expression of how love kind of 
prisms. I love that, that concept. It prisms through you, into you with the white light and out of you in so many different directions, right? Like how does that prism through your channel, your body into the outward space? And I, and I, I feel like that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing a collective truth and a collective love in the different ways that people express it. I think that's brilliant. Good job. Yeah. I love that. I love when you bring the visuals. Cause for me, I'm such a visual person to like, imagine that is super profound to me. I think another piece that I'm thinking about as you're talking is the letting go part, right? Like I think we're all really comfortable with allowing um, new positive things into our life. Like that's what we're told to kind of expect and do. And that's easy, but in order for something to grow or transform or to change, something has to be let go of, something has to be released. And I think sometimes the falling away part, the releasing what feels like a loss or, or a grieving is the part that I know I personally struggle with. And I feel like a lot of people struggle with, but Explain you know, that. Um, I guess I, I, I feel like in order for something to transform, whether it's a dynamic in a relationship or it's um, a relationship with self, like the old part has to die mm-hmm. or the old part has to like be transmuted in some way, which means like you have to let it go. You have to let go of, you know, it could be as obvious as ending a relationship so that you can, you know, move into a more positive place or something like that. Or it can be more of a, like a dynamic that you have with yourself, right? Like doing some, some sort of self-sabotage, you have to stop the self-sabotage in order to gain something new, to do something new, to transform that. Right. And I think even if it's losing something negative or just losing something that, you know, in general, I think it can be really difficult for people. And I think that would be a great thing to just, to kind of talk through. It's like, how do you, how, how can we release with less fear? How mm-hmm. can we let these things go with less fear so that we can move into the new? Because I think that is like, that is the part that requires us to be in co-creation with it. Like we have to open our hands and like let things go, or we have to like be in partnership with the letting go in some way. Yeah. So I'm sure like, as you're talking about that, like, so I'm, I'm trying to visualize in my head to give very specific examples, like in my experience, um, which might help you all understand what that means. So for example, I was in a very specific relationship with like, let's say my mom, it had certain components to it of power struggle and me trying to be right and her trying to be whatever, right? So there's these very specific components to our relationship. And as I, as I have worked through how I want to continue to be in a relationship with her that still serves me, that is not um, painful to me, that's not toxic to me, I had to release this healing fantasy that she has to approve or like or whatever the things that I am doing for me to be okay to be around her, right? So I had to release this concept that she was ever going to fully approve of me, uh, think that I'm amazing, love everything that I do, 
and that that would then make the relationship okay. And then I would be okay inside of that relationship. So I had the the visual of what a perfect relationship of with my mom looked like. I had to release that and let go of what perfect mom-daughter relationship is, release that and go, okay, this is what can be a good relationship or a not toxic relationship with this person. For myself, I had to release that I had to be five foot nine, 140 pounds, successful, wearing this, that. Like I had to release that that was, and I think what I'm talking about right now is ideas, ideals. I had to release the ideal version that I had mapped out in my head for my future. This is the ideal version of me as a mom, the ideal version of me as Meredith, the ideal version of me as a life coach, you know, the ideal version of you as a broker. And so these ideal versions that have somehow been kind of twittered into our brains, right? Like programmed, when we can release that ideal version of what we believed it was going to look like, and release that. And it's weird because we are still holding on so strong to what the word is coming up like as a nationalism, like what we believe to be true about the United States has such a strong hold on so many people that it's preventing at this time of us moving into a new version of the United States. And we're, and you can see the strong hold that it has in songs in like the the flag and people wearing the flag and like they're holding on so tightly to this ideal version from the past to what would be in the future that it's preventing us from really accelerating into the future because what i'm seeing right now oddly is basically that the united states is so like our planet is almost kind of like um like imagine like a simulation, like an experiment. And then on top of that collective planetary experiment, the United States is a huge experiment, right? Nowhere, no, nowhere else on this planet will you find so much diversity from so many different lands and languages and foods and, you know, all the things, right? So it's like, we're like an experiment within an experiment. So as we go, the world will go but we're holding on to so tightly. And that's what we do as individuals too. We hold on to an ideal that we believed would make us happy. But the problem is, and I talk to clients about this all the time, is just because you believed it would make you happy doesn't mean that the opposite or the different thing from that will not make you happy. You know, people fear the unknown Versus just suffering and what they're inside of. They're afraid of, well, if I get a divorce, what if my boyfriend in the future is worse? And I'm like, but you already know you're unhappy. Like this is. Well, I think it's interesting too because we think that like a pat, like everything you're saying, right? It's like this package of what we're like calling into our lives or what we're wanting has to look a certain way, right? Like it has to have purple bows and blue paper, and inside is going to be this thing, right? And we think that that's going to make us happy. I feel like I've listened to something that said like, we're actually really terrible predictors about what will make us happy, which is kind of hilarious. Right. Right. So like if, if we're not even a good predictor of what's going to actually make us happy, why not make space 
and allow for the possibility of it to look different. And I think yeah. that's the biggest thing. It's like holding on to this image of what it has to look like when, if we're not open to different possibilities, how are we, we really ever going to have the opportunity to potentially experience something so much greater because we're, we're so hell bent on how it has to look. And I think the best way to do this, to play with this in your own life, right, is to look at your past and go, okay, 10 years ago, if you would have told me I would be doing this, I would not have believed you, but here I am doing this. If I, if you would have told me five years ago, I would be doing this, I would not have believed you, but look, here I am being happy in this moment. I think to me, the most difficult thing in life would be stagnation, would be to do the same thing over and over and over again, right? I I personally like when things are brought into my life for change because I get bored easily. Like I, we were looking at like family vacations, you know, for this coming year. And the idea of like kind of just sitting on a beach makes me mental. Like I want to be able to explore and see different religions and cultures and food and all of these things. And so like, I like, I like to be kind of fluffed up, you know, so to speak. So I think that the, the big point in all of this is that, yes, we are all experiencing the the shift, this self-love, but for each individual, it is expressed differently. And as we watch individuals, we're like, yeah, they definitely are not getting <laughs> the love spray on them, right? They're not getting the love, the love juice on them, but they are. It just, like I said, it, it prisms differently through them. And so they are trying to find, like for me, my thoughts on the planet are very much one thing and it doesn't make it right or wrong. You know, like if you look at what I've talked about here, as far as death and dying and that the fact that there is no hell, I believe hell is, you know, basically only found on earth that we leave this, this planet and go into another space, literally um, where we are spirit. There's really no afterlife right or wrong? Is there an ethical and moral right or wrong on this planet? Obviously, you shouldn't run around murdering everybody. But what I'm, my point is, is what we see, what I see as love, someone else may see completely the opposite as love. So what I see is like, hey, let's accept everyone in the LGBTQ plus community. Someone else might th look at that and go, that's not good. You're not helping them. Like, you're not helping that person. They believe it beyond a shadow of a doubt that that I am not helping that person by this experience. And so that's the really tough part is to understand that this planet, as you said, benefits from the contrast between humans. The contrast. Because that contrast is what brings out each person's individuality, which then lets us find ourselves, which then helps the collective because we are all one. You are at one with the person that is protesting in front of Planned Parenthood and the person protesting in front of Planned Parenthood is at one with the person in Planned Parenthood getting an abortion. And that's what we're missing here. That's the part that we're missing. And so when we realize that, yes, 
the collective is bringing about the information that says release what no longer serves you, self-care, self-love, self-worth. We're all doing it. It just looks different. And not only does it look different, but like, let's try to remember that and have some space for that person who's doing it differently. Yeah, because they're bringing about change just as much as you are. And whether we realize it or not, it's kind of like sometimes we have to walk up the hill to be able to slide down the slide, right? And I think a lot of times when we are inside of this huge shift, um, this huge transformation from the old millennia to the new, you know, the age of Aquarius where truth is shining and all these things are happening. We are inside of a 20 year roughly span of huge transformation and transformation is not comfortable. Like go be pregnant for nine months, not fun. You know, yeah. so we need to recognize that we are, in a 20 year pregnancy. And so it might not feel good. It might not be fun and it might be uncomfortable. And, and so we just got to, you know, make our way through it with whatever way we know how. Yeah. I love this conversation. I think it's really helpful and timely. And I think a lot of people are going to relate to it. So. Yeah. Well, thanks for bringing it to us today. Awesome. Yeah. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Well, we'll be talking about something fun again next week. Thank you guys so much for being here and we will see you back next week. Allison, thanks so much. I appreciate you. Have a beautiful day, everyone, and see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillits.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.